Welcome to it. John Scholes here, Lior Sanfiru, right beside employment lawyer, Sanfiru Tamarkin LLP, the most positively reviewed employment law firm in the country. Lior, of course, the uh, co-founding partner of that particular firm. You can always reach out anytime in fantastic hands, whether you're in Ontario or BC or Alberta. It's one 821 5900 Email is help at employmentlawyer.ca. And we'll probably make reference to this website a few times uh, over the next half hour, pocketemploymentlawyer.ca. It's full of employment law goodies. You can learn lots on the website and have access, free and anonymous access, by the way, to the severance calculator, which is simple to use. And over 2 million people have done exactly that and gone, wow, I had no idea I was owed that much money. Exactly. Common sentiment. But you can check it out for yourself at pocketemploymentlawyer.ca. Today on the show, we're going to get to legal concepts that every employee must know. We'll work our way through those. First, we always get to a, a matter, a situation you've been working on, Lior. What's going on, pal? Hey, John. I am excited, as always, to talk about employment law. I would mm-hmm. like to, to have the opportunity, like I do on every show, to answer as many questions as possible. So this is a, a great chance that you have to solve that workplace issue, not to have to go to Google or ask your cousin <laughs> Bob you know, what to do, uh, to actually get the real answer, find out the real facts, and understand the good and the bad with respect to your situation. So maybe you didn't have the best day today, or maybe you're worried that tomorrow is not going to be a good day. Maybe you're not, you know, you're not going to work tomorrow because you lost your job. Well, whatever the issue or the problem or things you've always wondered, you can call right now. I'll tell you what, uh, what the answer is. And you walk away with that solution. And as always, you'll always be able to reach me at the office. If you want to do that, if you want to follow up, and have a private uh, discussion, private email exchange, phone number, email address throughout the show. Stay tuned for that. But now that we know that, let's get going on it. Uh, let's uh, talk about a case that came across my desk today. I spoke with the gentleman who had been off on a disability leave for about six months. Uh, serious, fairly serious medical condition, but got a lot better. And uh, a little while ago, was finally cleared to go back to work, contacted his employer uh, by phone and email saying, I am ready to come back to work. Uh, when can I start? His employer responded fairly quickly uh, and said, well, right now we don't have anything for you, but stay tuned. We'll be back to you as soon as uh, we're ready. He thought that was reasonable and said, okay, no problem. Uh, followed up with them, having not having not heard anything in a couple of weeks, have, followed up with them. Again, got a call back right away, still the same thing, uh, stay tuned, we'll get back to you. And, and that's been happening now for a couple of months. Uh, stay tuned, we'll get back to you, nothing yet, but uh, maybe something will come up. So finally, he called me today and he wanted to know, well, how long can this go on? When mm. do they actually have to bring me back or do they even have to bring me back? So here's how this plays out. His employer has the obligation to bring him back once he's ready. Now, what they have to do is to make all efforts to bring him back to the same position. If it's possible, the same or a similar position. If it's at all possible, they have to do it legitimately. Now, if it's not possible legitimately, they tried, they looked, it's just there's nothing there. Things have changed over the past six months. We do not have a job for you. If that's the case, well, then at that point, it becomes a termination. They don't have the right to just keep him on ice for an indefinite period of time. They don't have a right to say, well, let's see what happens in a month or two or three. Either they have a job, in which case, great. If they don't legitimately, then it's a termination and they have to pay him his full severance. Now, if a company in that situation says, nah, we don't really have a job for you, I always get concerned. 
do they have a job? They just don't want to give it to you. Mm-hmm. Are, are they worried about bringing you back because they think maybe you'll go off on another disability leave? If that's the case, then that's illegal. It's a human rights violation. So either way, I have big concerns about what this company does. And he does not have to wait. He does not have to hope that at some point they'll call him back to work. He can choose to say, enough is enough. I was ready a couple of months ago to go back. You didn't bring me back. It's a termination. Uh, you owe me severance and potentially other damages as well. So an important lesson there for all employees, if you're coming back from a disability leave, the expectation is that you will be brought back. They can't just keep you off work. They can't just string you along. Uh, if you find yourself in that situation or if someone you know is in that situation, call me right away. And I guess it's even tougher for them to pull that maneuver if, as you've always advised, is you know every couple of weeks or so, if you're going to be off for a lengthy time, check in and say, guys, planning on coming back. Just you know, keep the door unlocked. I just want to get better. I'll be there. So stay tuned type of thing, right? Always good advice. And I've said this before many times on the radio that if you're going to be off for a while, if your absence is going to be measured in months, not in weeks, then stay in touch with your employer. Every few weeks, send them that email, just as John said. Remind them that you're still there, you're still working on getting better, because what you don't want to have happen, you don't want the employer to think that you've resigned. You don't want your employer to say, well, you haven't been in touch with us in months and months. We assume that you resigned, so now uh, there's nothing for you. Stay in touch with them, remind them that you're there, and you preserve your rights by doing that. Lior mentioned reaching out to him uh, privately after the show. He's got a, a great team that can uh, take your calls as well. That is 1-855-821-5900. Email help at employmentlawyer.ca. want to get into our topic for the night before we take our, our first break here. It's a good one, too. Legal concepts that every employee must know, so listen sharply to these ones. First one, the law. This And this surprises a lot of people. It really does. It says the law can't stop your employer from doing something. Right. Yeah. And oftentimes when people call me, they, they call me because they, their employer does is doing something wrong. You know, the employers maybe not paying them as they should or engage in some sort of illegal practice. The, the thing is this and um, uh, the law, our courts can't really make anyone do anything. Our courts can't tell your employer, stop acting this way or can't uh, make your employer be a better person or a better organization. Mm -hmm. Our legal system is such that if someone does something illegal and as a result of that, uh, someone else suffers a loss, the person that suffered the loss gets compensated, financially compensated. So if you're an employee and because of what your employer did, you suffered some sort of a loss, financial loss, the law can compensate you for that, can make your employer pay for that loss can't make your employer change its ways necessarily, but can can deal in compensation. So that's why you hear me talk so often about severance on the show. It's not because I have this this, uh, weird obsession with severance. It's because that's what the law can do in most situations. If they fire you illegally, if they fire you for no good reason, if uh, the employer changes your job, the the law can't tell your employer, ah, no, no. Uh, increase uh, uh, John's pay back to what it was. No. The law can say, well, if you reduce John's pay, that's a constructive dismissal, and we're going to make you pay him severance. So Mm -hmm. important to understand that that's how the law operates. It compensates you for financial losses. It can really order your employer to change its behavior. 
And with that, we will take our first break. And Employment Law Show continues. Hang on. Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, you join us from 6.30 to 7 all during the week and then weekend shows as well. And if you want to catch our TV show, long-running TV show, employmentlawyer.ca, there's a Knowledge uh, knowledge uh, Center tab at the top, drop-down media. You'll find what station you can see, our ugly mugs as well. But you'll still learn a lot regardless of the visual. It's good stuff. Uh, 416-870-6400. Here they come. People want to know, like Joe. Joe, what's your question, pal? How are you? I'm well, how are you? Beauty, what's, what's going on? So my uh, wife uh, is on mat leave, and she just got terminated a few weeks ago. Um, we said that they're letting go of a quarter of their workforce, um, and she's one of them. Um, so just wondering what our recourses should be here. There's Because she's on mat leave, we don't really know what, what we should do. Great question, man. Excellent question. So, Joe, I take it that she's still on mat leave. She's she wasn't about to return, or was she about to return? No, she just got on mat leave about a month and a half ago. Ah, okay, I got it. Okay, so a couple other questions before I give you my thoughts. How long was your wife there? Two and a half years. Two and a half years. What have they offered her, or have they offered her anything by way of severance? They offered her top up for the remaining for the remaining time of her mat leave. And then a few months of um, uh, follow-up pay, I guess, once it's finished. Once the top of is done and the mat leave is done. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, so here's the problem here. Let's assume for a second that they're telling the truth. Let's assume that they're really letting go 25% and she's one of them and the job that she has stops existing. No one's going to do it. Let's assume that that's a fact. The thing is this. How long is your wife planning to take maternity leave for? Well, she was going to take a year, and then I was going to take a few months after that, like as a pattern. Perfect. Yeah. So, so, so she just went on. So she'll be off for another 10 months, 11, 12 months. So Correct. the problem for them is they don't have a crystal ball. They cannot know now that 10 months from now they're not going to have a job. It's possible that in October of uh, 2022 they don't have a job for her, but it's quite possible that in October 2023 they're desperate for someone in her role and, and they're they're desperate to have her back. They cannot know today that they're not going to have a job for her then. And that this, that analysis, that determination as to whether there's a job or not can only be done when she's ready to come back to work, not a year before. So right off the bat, they're doing something illegal even if they're letting go 25% of their people, even so, okay. because she's protected okay. while she's on leave. So right, okay. right there, we have potentially Employment Standards Act violation. We have potentially human rights violation. And that's before we even talk about severance. So okay. what, what your wife needs to do then is a next step. I want her to give me a call at the office. In fact, probably a good idea for both of you to call me together uh, or, sure. or email me and we'll set up a time to speak uh, because, no, that's not legal. I've seen this often. I've spoken about this before on the show. I, I may feel differently if she was going back to work next week after the leave, but if she's still going to be gone for months, there's no way what they've done is legal. Okay, perfect. Thank you. Thank you, Joe. Appreciate that. I'm going to give you that uh, contact information now before we move on to our next caller because, uh, yeah, that, that phone call is definitely going to happen. one 821 5900 Joe and help at employmentlawyer.ca. But, hey, Steve, thank you for uh, waiting in the wings, pal. What's, uh, what's going on with you? No problem. Yeah, I'm just calling about the uh what is considered time theft in, in the workplace. Cool. Uh, have you heard anything like that before, or has anyone brought it to your attention before? Yeah, yeah. Time theft is, is something that comes up quite often. Essentially, the idea for time theft is that you're, you're 
getting paid to do work and instead you're doing something else that you're you shouldn't be doing you're not doing the services for which you're being paid so time theft can be even as simple as you know you're being paid but instead you're uh, on your computer you know browsing uh, on social media that could be a form of, of time theft so anytime that an employee is getting paid but it's not doing the work that could be considered time theft uh, so does that answer the question or is there anything specific uh, no there I actually have some more more information uh, basically if if I'm obviously my my job entitles me to be out of the office at certain times uh, there are times where I am at the uh, you know on the road or doing things and and basically uh, it, it is during my work work time but how does my employer then say well that's not time theft it's almost kind of a kind of like a like a double standard there, would you think? So your employer is saying that when you're out of the office, that's time theft. Well, they don't. They don't can't guarantee that that the, that, that I'm fully doing everything that I'm, I am doing. But but I it, you know it shows in, in my work and in my you know my performance as well too that that there was you know not considered to be to be time theft. But I guess they're they're seeing it in their eyes as, as a time theft. Well, your employer is the one that has to prove time theft. You don't have to disprove it. So what mm-hmm. I mean by that is if your employer uh, says that you're you're not doing work, well, then they have to show how do they know that? What evidence do they have? You know, Certainly, it's not about you not finishing your work. You get your work done. If they yeah. somehow otherwise know, then yeah, maybe there's something to it. But otherwise, no. So... If, uh, if they ultimately let you go because of that, unless they can prove that you were, you know, making a point not to work when you should be working, that would be a wrongful dismissal. So, you, you know, you understand what I mean, Steve? No, I understand. Um, I'm not sure if it's, if it's, I'm not sure about the uh, Canadian labor law, but uh, is my employer uh, have the ability to, you know, pull and show my, my, my swipe logs? I'm not sure if that's uh, legal enough sure. or... Sure. I mean, if, if there's if you have to swipe in and out, they would have logs of, of that, and uh, they could, that, that could be used as proof one way or another. Absolutely, hundred percent. Okay, I see. All right, I think you basically answered some of my concerns there. But uh, perfect. Thank you perfect. so much. Thank you, Steve. Uh, appreciate your time as well. Again, if you need to carry on that conversation, uh, that's really easy. One eight five five eight two one fifty nine hundred. Moving on down the line, we got uh, Lisa. Hi, Lisa. Thanks for standing by. What's your question? Hi, I have another Matt Lee question. I yeah. work for a very large public sector employer, and I've been in my position for six years with very good performance reviews and a great relationship with my boss. And for the last four years, they've been talking about creating a unit. Uh, making me the head and expanding my team, adding people to report to me because I have a very, very heavy workload. And then COVID got in the way of that. And towards the end of COVID, I got pregnant and went on that leave. Just getting ready to return. And I had a meeting with my boss to prepare for returning and was told that this is no longer on the table. Priorities have changed and there will be no unit and there will be no promotion. Just wondering. Feels very related to my math leave and I'm just wondering whether I have any recourse. So before your mad leave, how how far along was this? How certain was it that this this new unit is being created? Uh, were this was it just a discussion, or did they have concrete plans with timelines and, and and specifics? They made me write up a plan, 
Yeah. And it nothing was put in writing in terms of this is when it's going to happen, but it's, they've started the process of hiring someone to report to me. So that person was hired right before I left. So yeah. when I go back, I do have a member of my team, but I'm no longer being given a, a title change or a promotion. Listen, it, it is, well, is it, is it also true that this, the discussion with you about this promotion was while you were pregnant, while they knew that you were pregnant? Uh, it fizzled out when I announced my pregnancy. It was a oh, lot more, yeah. So, so that's when I start getting suspicious because yeah. if there was a there was discussion, we're all excited about doing this, here's what we're going to do, and all of a sudden, you got good news, I'm pregnant. Now we kind of go radio silence, and when you're ready to come back down, no, that's not happening anymore. It certainly starts looking, as you've said, that this is potentially related to your maternity leave. Now, it's mm-hmm. hard to say for sure because I don't know what's going on in the background, but just you know, from a gut-level standpoint, it does look like it's related. And if it is related, that's a human rights violation. Uh, it's a violation of employment standards. It could also be considered a constructive dismissal if, in fact, it's related to your uh, uh, maternity leave. So if it, this is something that you want to pursue, then you and I should obviously uh, have a chat off air. I want to find out about the discussions that you had pre-maternity leave. I want to understand who was involved, what was said, uh, mm-hmm. you know, the specifics of the plan. And, and I also want, want to understand about the reasons that they've given you now as to why that's not happening. And mm-hmm. ultimately, yeah, if we conclude that we feel, we feel that it's related to your leave, there's various legal options you can deal with it. Uh, so I'd be more than happy to, to have that discussion with you. Thank you very much. Thank you, Lisa. Appreciate that again. one 821 5900 to reach out. But here and now, 416-870-6400. Jay, you are, uh, you're up next. Hi, what's your question? Hey, I work for a pretty large uh, organization, and uh, mm-hmm. my role has been deemed safety sensitive. So if I were to have any workplace uh, accident or injury, uh, they could do drug de- testing and uh, can lead up to and including termination of my employment. Is that legal? So would you agree that your job is safety sensitive? Or can you tell me what, what do you do? Uh, I'm in the uh, mechanical industry, uh, so I'm a millwright by trade. Okay. So, um, again, I'm, I'm not an expert in, in your specific industry, but I think it's fair to say that it's probably a type of job that there is some, some safety, some real safety concerns. Is, is that true? Uh, yes, 100% true. But You're not I an office never, guy, I, you know, working in front of a no, computer, right? No, okay. no. But, however, I would never be under the influence at work. But oh, no, I, 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 I get that completely. Yeah. I, I get that completely. So, but generally speaking, when it is a safety-sensitive position, Given the, the nature of the job and what could happen if someone, you know, is not at, at full capacity, employers have a lot more leeway than they would if it was a, a non-safety sensitive job. In a non-safety sensitive job, it's not their business is not as long as you're not under the influence at work. They have more leeway in a situation where there's there's that risk because you may not be doing anything at work. But, you know, especially with, with uh, marijuana, it could have a longer effect. It could still impact you some time later. So, yeah, I, I would say that an employer is able to demand things of you in this situation that they wouldn't be able to demand of most employees. So that is something you absolutely have to take into consideration. Okay. Thank you. Good. Thanks, Jay. Appreciate the call, the call and the time you need to uh, reach out again any other time. Help at employmentlawyer.com. 
Ca. We got a, a couple minutes left. Get back into our list of legal concepts that every employee must know. We talked about uh, you know can't stop your employer from doing something, and this one you know it's not in writing. It doesn't exist. We hammer that one home as well. That goes for every aspect of life, right? Otherwise, you get into that awful he said he said type of scenario, and that's not always a winning side to be on, right? Well, let's take for example the call that we got a couple of calls ago. The lady that said that she was kind of promised a promotion yes. before her maternity leave, and now they're saying no promotion. Well, if there was no promise, if there was nothing in writing before, nothing in writing now, just kind of discussions, it's going to be very difficult, right? Because it's very easy for the employer to say, what are you talking about? We never had a discussion about a promotion. First time we've ever heard of it. And mm. and how do you prove it? It becomes their word against hers. Well, on the other hand, if it's in writing, well, wait a second. How helpful is that? Uh, here's our written discussions about a promotion. Here's your, you're telling me right now I'm not going to get this promotion. Now it's helpful. So my rule is if it's not in writing, let's assume that it doesn't exist. And, and then maybe we have to find a way to create something or, or go back to the drawing board and, and you know create that written record. So always, 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 good idea when it comes to your workplace rights to preserve them is get something in writing, even if you have to create it yourself. What I mean by that is send an email to someone confirming what was said. So you were promised a promotion. Uh, you had a meeting. They told you, hey, get good news. We're going to give you a promotion. Excellent. Wonderful. Go back to your office and an email. Really happy today about the discussion when you told me I'm going to be getting a promotion. Now you've just created a written record. Now it's important that you have it and, and we can use that to your benefit if we need to. So always get something in writing and always assume that if it's not in writing, it just simply doesn't exist. How about this uh, phrase we hear all the time? I got job security and you know, I've got job security. There's no such thing as job security. Break that down. So in a non-union environment, yep. of course, we're only talking, as we always are, non-union jobs. There is no such thing as job security. And what I mean by that, an employer is allowed to let go of a good employee and a senior employee as long as they pay severance. And in a union environment, that can happen. It has to be based on seniority. But in a non-union environment, you can be let go even if you're more senior than someone else, even if you've done nothing wrong, even if your performance reviews are stellar, you can't be let go as long as it's about uh, you get your severance. So you have to keep that in mind and you have to then make sure that when you start an employment, uh, a new job, you don't agree to bad severance in the future. Because you don't have security, you probably will have to get severance at some point, so you don't want to give that up. So that's why we always talk about severance because in employment law, in non-union, there's no security. There's simply the promise and the guarantee of severance. We're going to be back on the weekend doing this all over again. And that was a good segue to lead you to pocketemploymentlawyer.ca if you want to know exactly what your severance should be. The calculator's there. It takes about 30 seconds to go through it. Again, available at pocketemploymentlawyer.ca. Reaching out to Lior is simple too. Help at employmentlawyer.ca. And the phone number anytime, 1-855-821-5900. We'll catch you next time on the Employment Law Show.